0: Bye. Welcome everyone to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John McRae, Fantasy Analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined by PFF's lead fantasy analyst, the great Nathan Yonke. Nate, I hope you enjoyed riling up Ravens fans and Gus Edwards fantasy managers across the world last night. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. That was a roller coaster that I probably didn't need to go on, but we can jump right into that if you want. Talking about Gus Edwards last night. So there are plenty of times in the preseason where you don't know if someone is not playing in the game, in which case that's a good sign. It means they're a starter or a key backup and they're fine. Or you don't know if they're going to be playing later in the game, which is a bad sign for them. And with Gus Edwards, uh, the previous preseason game, we saw Justice Hill start the game. Gus Edwards came in in the second quarter when Hill was done playing. So that was a little surprising last week, seeing Hill above Edwards, since Edwards has been above Hill throughout his career. And it made a little bit of sense in that um, the Ravens want to be passing the ball more often. Justin Hill is more of a receiving back. Gus Edwards has averaged a catch maybe once every two or three games or so, which is not great for a running back. So um, It made a little bit of sense last week. So then this week um, he was named a captain with three other backups. So it was a little surprising to see him getting named a captain. Uh, Hill started the game again, had three plays of 10 plus yards on the first drive. So even if Hill is back to third on the depth chart, he had a good game. And then uh, Malvin Gordon came in next and I went and saw Gus Edwards on the sideline, had his helmet on his head, like not all the way on his head, but resting on top of his yeah. head. So it looked like it was ready to go on whenever he needed. So I started thinking, okay, maybe he's behind Melvin Gordon. And Gordon also could make sense because Gordon's been a more well-rounded back compared to Edwards, which is just the runner. So I thought maybe there's a chance Edwards has fallen down the depth chart. And then I still haven't figured out why they named him team captain, even though he didn't play in the game. So that was odd, but I thought, okay, Maybe they named him captain because they know he's not going to be on the team much longer. So they wanted to honor him because he's been on the team for a good five years now or something like that. But they just named him captain for whatever reason and didn't play him. So it at least seems like at this point he's fine. He should be the backup or at least he has a different, a different enough role from Hill that they might not be a necessary. Here's the backup. Here's the backup to the backup, but the backup on early downs where Hill will be the backup on late downs. But That all's turned out fine for Edwards, so we'll see what happens in a week from now when we have cut down day, so we'll probably uh, change the podcast schedule a little bit to accommodate for that so we can talk about Mm -hmm. the cuts as soon as we possibly can, but we'll see which running backs the Ravens choose to keep and which ones they choose to get rid of at that point
0: yeah yeah no that that was one of my favorite parts of the of the first half last night was just following the the ups and downs of what is going on with gus edwards because yeah the captain thing was really funny and um yeah like you said did they name him captain because this is going to be his last game with the team or something like that and Mm -hmm. um yeah there was another funny reply in in, in your tweets about him potentially getting kidnapped as well which had me laughing so yeah, between that and and the Josh Harris handshake with Joe Buck last night, I mean, that alone made made the first half probably more hilarious than I could have ever anticipated. So um, but yeah, it was, it, you know what, it ended up being a pretty entertaining game last night. You add in the electric yep. Sam Howell and that commander's offense, offense. And, and it was, it was a decent game and we got a pretty good amount of time with the starters for Washington, at least anyways. And, um, it was nice to see Terry McLaurin out there, but obviously, yeah, he's got the, uh, the turf toe now. Um, they're saying that it, there's no major injury there, but he could potentially be back for, for week one. So, Hoping that it's nothing serious for him. But when he left the game, it was like the Jahan Dotson show after that. I think they they ran seven plays after McLaurin left and um they were all past plays. The first five of them went to Jahan Dotson and then they they spread it out a little bit more. I think it was Samuel and Diami and Brown after that, but um, I don't know I, I'm optimistic about this commanders team like offense and defense I, I feel like they could be pretty good and you know in an NFC that um, isn't as tough as the AFC and you know there, there's at least hope there at Washington now um, with the new ownership and everything like that but I, I, I like Sam Powell so I, I think it could be a fun team to watch this year.
1: Oh uh, yeah, they were at least able to end the Ravens' twenty-four game win streak in the preseason or whatever it was. So that made the end of the game entertaining as well. Um, it is worth noting that Washington was playing Baltimore's second string, and I believe some of their third string by the end of the half. So part of the reason they looked good is based on who they were playing, but. Even then, like you said, I think it's going to be entertaining to see. We were high on Howell compared to where he was drafted in terms of where our draft people had him ranked in our draft guide and whatnot, so... Um, And a lot of the same people in Washington, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their running backs um, in the preseason. So far it's been uh, Brian Robinson would play anywhere from four to seven plays and Antonio Gibson would play from four to seven plays. And they've just gone back and forth doing that. So I don't think it'll be quite that rotation once we hit the regular season, but it does look like a pretty close 50, 50 split. So that was probably the most fantasy relevant thing that I was looking for in terms of player usage since, the wide receivers, it's just they're using the same wide receivers they were using last year in the same way they were using them last year and Logan Thomas was out injured. And Baltimore played the backups. Zay Flowers played one drive, did well on the drive, and he and Devin Dubernay and Justice Sell were all done after that first drive. So yeah. not very many people on Baltimore who will end up making the roster playing after that point. So,
0: Yeah, it would have, it would have been nice to see maybe Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham in there at least for a drive mm-hmm. so we could kind of see where – They all stand amongst each other. But I think with them not playing, although they're both coming off injuries as well, right? But Zay Flowers could potentially be the third one there, at least to start the year. Because, yeah, he looked good as well. But again, um, it's the preseason, so it's hard to put too much stock into how good a player looks or how good an offense looks in there. Um, Even Nelson Aguilar has been resting for Baltimore,
1: so that's a third wide receiver that... Say Flowers could even be forethought the depth chart to start the season, mm-hmm. but it's also completely understandable that a team is fine playing the rookies in the preseason and resting plenty of veterans. So it might not even be that much of an indication of the depth chart at this point. For sure.
0: Yeah. And then other than that, um, the only other, like, I mean, I guess major piece of news that we got uh, yesterday, again, pretty much after we recorded was that the Colts uh, have granted Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade we'll see if this ends up turning into anything it it didn't for Austin Eckler but um let's just say Taylor is traded Nate do you have any preferred landing spots for uh, for JT here
1: uh, yeah first off i don't think he will get traded i think yeah. this is just the Colts trying to let jonathan taylor know that he doesn't have as much trade value as he hopes so then maybe he'll come back to the team a little defeated but more okay with staying with the Colts so first off I don't think he will get traded but if he does I think the Eagles are still the ideal landing spot for him just playing behind that offensive line I know. Playing with Jalen Hurts at quarterback isn't the best thing for a running back since Hurts will get plenty of the short yardage and touchdown situations. But we're expecting that same thing to happen in Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson. So it'll be a better situation in that he'll have a better offensive line on an offense that should be scoring more points. So even if Hurts is taking a decent amount of the touchdowns, there should still be some luck for Taylor. So I think that's the ideal landing spot. Um, I could see Chicago making sense, even though I'd like to see Khalil Herbert get a chance to be a starter for a season. But I think that's another team where he would fit nicely. And then worst nightmare is he ends up with the Chargers, where he's the early down back and Eckler is the receiving down back, and they start to cancel each out, cancel each other out a little bit more in fantasy football, kicking them both out of the top ten even potentially.
0: Yeah, that would that would definitely suck. But yeah, let's do uh, Rashad Penny uh, and a combination of picks for Jonathan Taylor in a trade or something like that. And 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 we'll hopefully that 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 could work out yeah. maybe because it doesn't look uh, like Penny might get the the start there in Philadelphia. So maybe he would yeah. in in uh, Indianapolis if they got that done. I wouldn't Um, be surprised if it was Gainwell just because of the familiarity with the coaching
1: staff already in Indianapolis. So I would think if they trade a running back, it would either be
0: Gainwell or Boston Scott or both. Nice. Makes sense. All right, let's do a quick ad break before we get into it here, uh, and it is Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is about the back to school and back to routine checklist, and the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com fantasy. That's meatfabric.com fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, so for this episode, we are talking draft strategy. Uh, we're right around the corner from you know the the regular season. There's a ton of drafts going on right now, so basically, we're gonna go round by round. Um, through a fantasy draft using the late picks this time picks 10 to 12 snake draft style Uh, we did picks one to three earlier in the offseason and now we're going to kind of go to the end of the 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 first round and see what things look like from there this is going to be for one qb leagues we're starting two running backs three wide receivers a tight end and a flex Um, we'll walk through some of our thought processes and strategies as to how we kind of typically think through our picks and 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 provide who our favorite targets are in 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 each round from picking from either that 110 111 or 112 range um and then that hopefully will give you guys some ideas on how to approach your drafts this year and obviously dominate your fantasy league so Uh, I'm going to be following the consensus ADP on uh, fantasy pros just for the sake of consistency, try to make this as kind of realistic as possible, though, as we know, every single draft is different depending on who you're drafting with and and where you're drafting so we'll just try to keep it tight here with the ADP basically, you just won't see us like drafting Patrick Mahomes in the fifth or or anything like that. all right. Let's get it going here. Assuming you have one of these late three picks in your draft, Nate, uh, we'll highlight our top targets and, and pivot options as well. So let's jump into it. Uh, you're picking at the back end of the first round here. What is your plan, assuming we follow that that current ADP?
1: Sure. The plan is basically take the best running back or wide receiver available, just from process of elimination. Travis Kelsey is probably not going to be there. uh, Typically getting picked fifth or sixth, so if he does fall, definitely happy to jump on Travis Kelsey at this point. But um, no other tight ends worth it at the end of the first or the start of the second. Uh, Also a little too early for a quarterback. So basically willing to take whatever falls at this point. Uh, Someone like Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson. Uh, Stefan Diggs, um, one or two of those players will get picked before this pick, but one of them will end up being available. So part of it is who falls and the other part is just who am I more okay taking in the second round and want to make sure it doesn't fall to that point. Since guys like C.D. Lamb, Nick Chubb, guys who are also available at this point that if I really want one of those players, it's probably best to get them now rather than letting them wait So the second round, so part of it's that and part of it's just making sure you get who you want. So probably want a running back and a wide receiver, one of each with the first and second round. So whichever one I'm getting in the first round, probably not getting in the second round. Mm hmm
0: yeah I think that makes sense and I'm kind of going into this like assuming I'm not obviously going to get one of those kind of tier one running backs or wide receivers from this spot like and and Kelsey as well like you said um so yeah obviously if one of those guys falls here I'll I'll definitely scoop them up but really just fine starting the the tier two run on either running back or wide receiver whichever one it ends up being and I, I think if you know you're in like a kind of a running back hungry league and there are definitely plenty of them out there then then I'm you know, grabbing Nick Chubb at the end of the first year, I'm okay with that um, because wide receiver is still fairly deep. And, and, you know, these other sleeping, sleeper running backs might kind of creep up in, in ADP as we get closer to the season. So sometimes getting, I think for me anyways, getting the safer running back options would be my preferred play to start things off. If I'm drafting in this spot and honestly look with questions about guys like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, even some of the third round guys like Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, I'm probably okay. Going running back again in the second. Um, not, not always, but if I were to start running back, running back, it's probably because I'm doing it here in this, um, in this, these, these later picks here, 10 to 12. And then um, at the end of the first round and then kicking it off in the, the top of the second round where I would go again, either, if one of those other top running backs fall up to Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb there, and then following it up with like a Tony Pollard um, in the second round. So I have Pollard as my RB4. I have no problem taking him early in the second here, even after, even if I, I've, I've got Chubb already, um, I know in ADP is a little bit later than this, but I I don't have a problem reaching for Tony Pollard. because not going to get another shot at it here. Cause you're picking early in the second round and don't pick until um, late in the third round after that. So uh, how about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have also have Tony Pollard as the ideal person to take in the second. His ADP has slowly but surely uh, gone up, especially after Elliott signed elsewhere. So people are finally happy to pick Pollard, even though they should have been happy to pick him earlier. But uh, still, you should be able to get him at the start of the second round. Uh, The only other thing I'd consider here is a quarterback. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is tending to go around this range, even though I prefer – Jalen Hurts over Mahomes and Hurts won't go till later and Hurts is a bit of a reach at this point in the draft so only if you really want to make sure you get one of those top three quarterbacks even though it's a little bit of a reach here that's the only thing else that I'd consider but wide receiver like I'd only really be considering Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, or Devontae Adams here and ideally getting one of them either in the first round or the second round Uh, but if It's not a great value. I'm also fine getting running back and like Barkley, someone who was falling. So if I end up starting with Barkley and Pollard, even though I really enjoyed getting running backs in the fifth round, I can be okay getting two running backs here just because that might just be the best value that you can get with these first two picks. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've noticed there, there's usually one wide receiver of that, like first round guys that, that tend to fall into this range, even AJ Brown, like I like, um, I don't mind him here. I've seen Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Saint, Saint Brown go up as high as, you know, end of the sec or for start of the second here, um, as well as people kind of try to want to get in on those guys a little bit earlier as well. So yeah, for the most part, I think picking for me, at least, you know, end of the first and beginning of the second, I I'm typically going running back, running back. If I, if I have those options of Pollard and Chubb, for example, um, quarterback, Usually for me, I, I'm waiting until probably the third or fourth round at, at the earliest, because I, I do still think there are some decent options there that I I usually want to target. And um, we could go to the third round now, right? So this is picks 34 sure. to 36. Um, so you, you had mentioned uh, in your article drafting a quarterback or wide receiver in this range. Do you have any preferred targets at, at that position?
1: Uh, Joe Burrow tends to be the top target available at quarterback at that time. Uh, Lamar Jackson's the other one to really consider. Justin Fields, you can probably wait a little bit longer to get. So Joe Burrow's the one that I have targeted here. I also have wide receiver as the other option just because there are some good players here. Keenan Allen, Devo Samuel, Calvin Ridley I uh, just had my article on the ideal time to pick wide receivers. And this was one of the spots since all three of those guys, the last time we saw them play healthy, they were top five fantasy wide receivers. It just uh, the staying healthy part that's been the problem recently. So um, all wide receivers that are happy to take here, especially if you go running back, running back early, it's definitely worth considering just making sure that you get at least one pretty good wide receiver on the team. But Burrow is also someone where if you don't get one of these top quarterbacks with either this pick or the next pick, it's going to be harder to find a good value later down the line. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I'm probably, yeah, Keenan Allen's going to be my, I think my ideal option here, at least to be my wide receiver one, if I did start running back, running back. And if for whatever reason, Keenan Allen's gone and it's between guys, you know, Calvin Ridley, Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel, and and one of like Burrow or Lamar, then I'm pretty happy to go quarterback here and and not have to worry about the position again for basically the rest of the draft. Um, If they're all gone, which is definitely possible as well. I would, I think I would put Justin Fields in here or with the next pick because we're we're picking so close together because we're not going to get another shot at him in in round five, basically. So, um, you know, for whatever reason Burrow or Lamar gone, I'm okay to reach a bit for fields who I think has that kind of overall QB one upside here. Um, or for my next pick, like I, like I said, so depending on which wide receivers are available as well. Um, because I I do think you will be able to get him here in, in the top of round four. And, um, beyond that, it gets a little bit riskier. And I probably want to try to grab him as soon as I can, but,
1: Um, that's why I tried to get quarterback first is because mm -hmm. in this scenario, we're passing on the top three quarterbacks, uh, burrow or fields has an ADP around the 46th best player. So he is a bit of a reach at this point. So yeah, if you want him, you can get him, but I'd rather get someone like burrow or Lamar Jackson, who's at least a little bit more at value here, but even Ah, uh, Justin Herbert, someone that if you don't pick him third or fourth round, he's not going to be available once you get to your fifth round pick. So if you don't go quarterback with the third or fourth round, then the next best best option is going to be Trevor Lawrence later. And if you can't get Lawrence, then um the options get even worse, and you wait mm-hmm. even longer to pick a quarterback. So that's why I tried to jump on one here in the third round just to make sure that Burrow and Jackson don't get picked when I want to pick him in the fourth round. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair way to look at it for sure. And and it definitely makes sense here. So um, with, with those guys out of there, um, let's go to round four here. So this is pretty close after. um, What are you doing here? Because we're both kind of doing the same things. It looks like.
1: Oh, yeah, going with a wide receiver now that I have a quarterback and two running backs, it just feels like it's time to start picking wide receivers. So it's already narrows down two of the positions and tight end doesn't really feel like much of a value at round four, either. We can talk about tight ends a little bit more, in the later round. So it's just kind of process of elimination of you get rid of all the other positions and wide receivers, what's left. And there's plenty of options at wide receiver available here. Uh, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, uh, Terry McLaurin, assuming he's healthy, uh, DJ Moore, probably a little bit of a reach at this point, but still someone who I think will play well this year. But there's just a lot of wide receivers who are either the top guy on their team or a very solid second receiver and a good up. Op- offense so plenty of options so wide receiver uh, just feels like a straightforward decision here
0: yeah yeah that's what I have here is wide receiver as well and you know for, for whatever reason if I did miss out on on Burrow and Lamar Jackson and went Keenan Allen um in that third round then then this would probably be where I would go uh Justin Fields as well um but yeah happy to go uh wide receiver here um you know again quarterback we, we might see we might see it um us potentially wait on the position for a little bit longer but yeah I, I like Jerry Judy here um we, we talked about him and his potential in that Broncos offense if they can get back to kind of above average this year under Sean Payton and and with Russell Wilson as well I think he has some high-end potential I'd be taking my swing on him as potentially more of my wide receiver two ideally but fine if it comes down to him you know being my wide receiver one I'm just probably more likely to continue attacking the position in consecutive rounds. If that's the case, if Judy or Moore or Cooper, one of these guys is my wide receiver one. That makes All sense. right. Let's go to uh round five. So now we're, we are going a little bit later here, picks 58 to 60. Uh, what were you looking at in uh, round five as your strategy?
1: For round five, and I'll talk about round six a little bit here as well, it's get a running back and a tight end with these two picks. Um, Tight end is probably one of the biggest reasons why if I had a choice of where to pick, I'm probably not choosing to pick at the end of the draft because you're not getting Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, it's too early to pick him with your first or second pick. He's going much later than that, but he's not going to be available once you get to your third round pick. With the third and fourth round pick, it probably is a little too early to get either TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle, but both of those players are going to be gone by the time we get to these picks. And even now, it's at a point where this is a round where Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard are getting picked, just depending on the site. It varies a little bit here and there, but if you don't get one of those players, then the talent gets a lot worse at tight end. So this is really the only time, in my opinion, that it makes sense to try get targeting a tight end. And hopefully at least one of them is available. So trying to get a tight end and running back here and running back. It's only because it's not so much a need for this team because we went to running backs early, but because it's just where the talent is right now, there's a number of running backs who are the clear top running back on their team that if you can get one now, it'll help your team where you're not going to be able to get one of these guys later. Uh, Alexander Madison's been pretty much my favorite round five to six running back target for a while now, and he's still around that ADP. So Madison's definitely someone that I'm targeting but someone like Cam Akers, who's a clear starter for the Rams, Rashad White's the clear starter for Tampa Bay, James Connors, the clear starter for Arizona, all of those guys are available around this time. And if you're able to get an every down back in the fifth or sixth round, then I'm going to jump on it, even though that leaves a hole at wide receiver, but then it's just draft more wide receivers later. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is this is a fun part of the the draft for me in round five and six because yeah, like you said, it, it's either Pitts or, or Goddard, somebody like that. But this has also been yeah. Big like kind of Drake London area of the draft for me as well. He was one of my breakout wide receiver candidates for this year, and um somebody that I think can greatly outperform his ADP, and especially if this is a start like three wide receiver league, um he's usually somewhere someone that I want to grab in this range. I have him as my wide receiver twenty. I think he's going as wide receiver twenty six for the most part. But if I pair him with like a Keenan Allen, a DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, or somebody like that, um, I'm pretty good. With that to to, to kind of try to fill out that wide receiver room a little bit um like you said tight end definitely in play here i'm i do tend to go go tight end a little bit more um like you said because it gets a little bit uh iffy after that um but then yeah round six is like this has kind of been like, like the the i guess i basically found it like to be like the running back hotspot, right? I found it like almost impossible to kind of get to round six and not draft one of like Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, James Connor. Um, You know, even in this scenario, if I already have Chubb and Pollard, for example, I'm very happy kind of getting one of these other guys to put in my flex spot acres, Madison Connor, even James cook, like you said, depending on where I'm drafting from. And if these other guys are gone by the time we're drafting again, um, in round seven, you know, the guys like Javante Williams and James cooks of the world, they're, they're typically gone by then. And I'm not maybe nearly as excited about a David Montgomery or AJ Dillon. So this has been, and and probably will continue to be like a running back hotspot for me round six. So I'm probably fine passing on other positions to make sure I get at least one of these guys, even if I did pass on tight end um, in round five and and took like a Drake London or somebody like that there. um, I just, I feel I find I can't leave round six without trying to grab a running back there. That's fair. Yeah. It's, I wrote the perfect draft strategy for running backs,
1: the five spots where I pick running backs most often. And it's definitely that range, those same guys of whether I've drafted one running back so far, whether I've drafted two already, I've just the perfect time to add them because the drop off is so much after that, that tier of running backs, where you just have a bunch of guys who are in committees and you know, they're going to see some playing time, but even if the other running back gets injured, that doesn't necessarily mean they will be the one taking more playing time. So yeah, there's only a few of those running backs available, and if you can get two of them or three of them, then that's a benefit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's take a one more quick ad break here, and this is from our friends at DraftKings. This season, DraftKings has launched the largest best ball tournament in DraftKings history. Right now, you can enter into DraftKings Best Ball Tournament for a shot at over $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes. Make your entry into the draft today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the NFL season without having to worry about managing your roster, waiver wires, and more. To start playing best ball, download the DraftKings app using code PFF, enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest, and snake draft your team for the season. Each week, you'll automatically rack up points from all your top scorers. No ads, drops, trades, or I should have played him instead. Teams with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the $1 million top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head to the DraftKings app and sign up with code PFF and start playing best ball today. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament only on DraftKings with code PFF. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so that does it for the first six rounds. Let's go to round seven here, picks 82 to 84, that kind of range. Um, Nate, what were you looking at uh, in uh, these rounds here?
1: Uh, definitely looking at wide receiver after failing out with the top quarterback, a top tight end, three running backs already, and only have one wide receiver at this point. So wide receiver is definitely a need, and there are definitely wide receivers In this range that I am happy to pick up Uh, Jahan Dotson, who we talked about at the start of the show, how well he played in the preseason so far. And just whenever he's been healthy, he's been scoring touchdowns. Uh, Consistent part of the offense was averaging 70 uh, receiving yards a game at the end of last season as well. So if he's often scoring 70 yards and scoring a touchdown every other game, then definitely happy to have him. And hopefully he continues to improve in his second season. Uh, Michael Thomas is another one I've written a couple dozen player profiles and Thomas was one of my favorite ones to write up just seeing how he will probably do with Derek Carr at quarterback and how what Carr has done in his career matches up with what Thomas does well. So Thomas, in the preseason so far, has played all the snaps with the starters, so that's also been promising to see him healthy and playing, even though it's the preseason and with his injury history, they've been having him on the field, which is great to see. So expect him to be a full-time starter and playing well this season. And then Jordan Addison's the third one that I've been getting a lot in this range. Um, In my opinion, the top rookie wide receiver option this season Uh, should see plenty of playing time and in a pass happy offense with a good quarterback I think that just adds up to a great season and with Jefferson on the field as well that defenses have to account for with TJ Hawkinson that teams have to account for I think Addison should be able to take advantage of not always having the greatest defenders going up against him and taking advantage
0: of those matchups. Yeah. I like it. And yeah, for me, wide receiver as well, but because I'm, there's always the chance that I didn't go tight end earlier. And I, I, I didn't really commit to it in, in round five or whatever it was um, because I did want to go Drake London or, or one of those other guys there. So David and Joku is probably the only other one that that's kind of different that I, that I would like here, Um, you know, Goddard or if one of those guys falls, then, then I'll definitely take them, but they're, they're not going to likely make it to this range. So if, If I can get David Njoku, Njoku, he's kind of the last one that I'd probably feel comfortable with as a weekly starter, even though, you know, there are some other guys who I'll look to pair him with um, that maybe have like decent upside later on. But I I don't mind Njoku here. You know, he finished as the PPR tight end 10 last season. He missed three games as well. um, And that was with a struggling Browns offense. So this he also posted six top 10 PPR finishes last season, three of them inside the top five highly targeted in the red zone. He's been efficient. Um, I think if the Browns offense can improve under Deshaun Watson, then he's likely to see plenty of targets. Um, so Njoku kind of the last chance I get really at what I, I'd feel comfortable with as a starting tight end. I know, you know, Pat Fryermuth and, and Dalton Schultz, people don't mind those guys, but I would just feel a little bit better here with Njoku kind of being the last one of that tier for me. Um, otherwise I, I'm, just like you, starting to target those kind of young upside wide receivers, right? George Pickens, uh, Marquise Brown, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson—all those kinds of guys that um, you know we think have decent upside with with as long as they have competent quarter. Quarterback play, and um, they should have at least uh, decent production floors as well. So, um, even Deontay Johnson, somebody that I've seen hanging around in this range, I you know, I I know it doesn't show that in ADP a lot, but I've had a lot of drafts where Deontay Johnson falls, and 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 I'm happy to take him here as well, along with some of those younger guys. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of round seven for me.
1: Yeah. just to mention the tight ends here as well. I uh, Ingram, someone who's also probably mm-hmm. gone at this point that uh, we, I know I consider as part of the tier of the tight ends that you were talking about. Some people even have him in a tier above some of the guys that you were mentioning, but it's just another kind of annoying point of ADP and where we're picking here that Ingram, someone that you're either reaching on and getting way before his ADP or you're not going to be able to get. So that's another point of, there's just limited tight end options if you're picking at this point of the draft. So you're probably not going to get him in round seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, In round eight. So we're, we're basically picking right again. um, Only a couple picks later here. Um, What's your strategy here? I know you went wide receiver heavy last one. Are you, are you keeping that going here in round eight?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's pretty much exact same thing that I was saying before. Uh, Good to have three wide receivers at this point of the draft. So being able to get a third one, And a lot of the guys that I was mentioning in the previous round are still available in this round. So even though it might be a little bit of a reach to get one of the wide receivers in round seven, I want to get two of these wide receivers if I can. So Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas is the one I highlighted in the article just because I already took Dotson in the round before.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, same same guys as well for me. It was draft a wide receiver here. Um JSN even potentially moves into this range um, along with Jordan Addison and Marquise Brown. Um, But yeah, this was last year. This was like a kind of area where I I found I was going after guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, We kind of try to find the next version of those guys here in this part of the draft as well, by targeting those unproven young, high upside wide receivers. So that's been a pretty common um, move for me as well in round eight. Uh, in round nine, we, it's a little bit later now. We're into the one hundreds here, so picks one hundred six to one hundred eight. Nate, where are you going in round nine?
1: Uh, nine, I am potentially going back to running back. Uh, when I did write this article, it was the it was late last week. I have Samaje Pirine as my top option, but I'm a little less excited about him after seeing Williams play in the preseason game and seeing Pirine mostly play in passing situations. So a little less high on Piran, even though I just wrote this article like five days ago, but uh, Khalil Herbert, someone else that I'd consider a He's still going in the ninth round. I know his ADP has slowly but surely been creeping up, which has made it a little bit harder to target running backs in this range in general. But I think if someone like Herbert is available here, um, I even in this article had rounds nine and 10 going running backs, just trying to get some of these last few options that look like they have a decent chance of being a starting running back. Uh, James Cook was someone that I was also once was targeting in this range, but you probably can't get him in this range anymore. So I'm generally probably trying to get one of those running backs. If there's a clear running back, that's fallen to this point, but if not, then I'm fine. Just going back to wide receivers. Since if I drafted one of the top quarterbacks and one of the top t- tight ends, then I'm probably not looking at getting a backup quarterback or a backup tight end anytime soon.
0: Mm-hmm yeah running back uh makes a lot of sense here and this is this was the same kind of thing that i was looking at as well right brian robinson antonio gibson are guys that kind of go in this range that i don't mind here um i I know i'm starting to maybe feel a little bit um optimistic about this this washington offense and there's there's a lot of mouths to feed there but i think each of these guys within that offense you know whether it's mclaurin or dotson robinson or gibson they have like that big weak potential um and in round nine I'm, i'm more open to the idea of kind of taking some shots on these um maybe boom bust type running backs like a robinson or a gibson so um same thing with round 10 really it, it's guys like zach charbonnet um i would i'm still okay with samaj p right here um and you know just because they could potentially have bigger roles than we expect heading into the year so um i do like that they could be useful flex options in a pinch guys like that um but i I, I I think Anthony Richardson is in play as well for me and someone that I've taken a decent amount of swings on this season even if for nothing else than than stopping my league mates from getting in on that potential upside at the position this kind of this late in the draft right if i already have a, a joe burrow or lamar jackson or justin fields already i don't have to worry about you know starting anthony richardson week 1 or early in the year or anything like that so um if he does show out like i think he can for fantasy then you know, he's on my roster at least and not on someone else's that I might have to face in crucial times of the year, even if I'm not starting him. Right. So uh, Anthony Richardson has been somebody that I've been drafting a, a lot this year. And, and with, uh, with that, with that in mind.
1: Yeah. That's a very important part of fantasy football is drafting people that, you know, other people in your league want, so they can't get him.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to, we're getting into the, the double-digit rounds here. So this is round 11 now, so picks 130 to 132. Um, Nate, what was what was the strategy that you highlighted for this uh, these rounds?
1: Yeah, big thing is getting back to wide receiver. There's just so many wide receivers at this point that are clear starters on the team. A number of them expected to play 80 to 90 to 100% of the offensive snaps. So they're just guys that you know are going to be on the field and have opportunities, and there are plenty of wide receivers with talent. Uh, Zay Jones, Romeo Dobbs, two of those wide receivers that fit that description of they look like guys that are going to be playing all the time in 11 personnel and 12 personnel. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Adam Thielen, other guys who are in different situations with Bateman, a new offensive coordinator, Thielen, a new team, and a new position, playing a lot more in the slot in Carolina than he was doing in Minnesota. So just guys to take chances on. Um, the other position that I mentioned here, I uh, draft a tight end for somewhat similar reasons to what you said, even though was happy to get a tight end in the middle rounds of the draft with Chigazine Mekonkwo uh, going around this time of the draft or so. Um, and how it looks like he's going to have a more significant role this season playing all of the snaps and 11 personnel in the first preseason game with the starters and some in 12 personnel as well. So he's someone that we've been high on throughout the off season, even higher on now that he's played a preseason game. Just, I would say off the charts, but I've made plenty of charts where I was able to fit him on the charts just far away from all of the other players on the chart with how well He was doing on a per play basis last year so I'm happy to get him especially because some of the tight ends even if you go beyond the top five like Kyle Pitts is a huge gamble because he could hit it big he could not Uh, we hope Darren Waller is able to stay healthy but he is older for his uh, the tight end position and has an injury history so I am starting to become more okay getting a tight end in this range if I didn't get one of those top three or four tight ends, just to have a little bit more insurance, especially with a high upside player like Okonkwo available this late in the draft.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okonkwo is a good one, and and even Dalton Kincaid is somebody that I found like in this range. He's actually jumped ahead of of and ADP on a lot of in a lot of sites. So um, he's been another one that I've been pairing with one of those kind of safer tight ends earlier on, or one of those clearer starters, right? Um, but yeah, this this is like from this point on, it, at least in the next like three or four rounds, it's it's been pretty wide receiver heavy for me, um, running back as well, like just kind of filling the, the rest of your roster. But, um, uh, like you said, the guys like Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, Alan Lazard, even at, at wide receiver in, in these next two rounds or so rounds, 11 and 12, um, are guys that I find that I've been going after a lot just because like you said, they're, they're starters. They're going to be on the field. They have the potential on any given week to lead their team in targets, even if it's not for the entire season. Right. So um, we, we do like that uh floor for them. Um, Kenneth Gainwell is another one that that I'm willing to kind of grab a little bit higher in this maybe like the 12th round, um, because I do think he's going to start getting into that range at some point now with the way that this Eagles offense or backfield has been kind of playing out so um, typically was going maybe like 13th, 14th round I, I wouldn't mind just to make sure that I get him getting him in like the the end of the 12th round.
1: Yeah, a couple of things there with the tight ends. Uh, this is probably a little early for Sam Laporta, but he's probably the third tight end in that group of Epi draft, a safe tight end early, and I'm looking for a high upside backup. It's those three, Akonkwo, Dawton Kincaid, Sam Laporta's joined my list of the three high upside tight ends that you can get late. So a little early for him in the 11th round, but while we were on the topic thought I should mention that I think Sam Laporta is in that category. And then, like you said the wide receivers that are playing i do feel like kenneth gainwell might not see his adp rise too much more at this point since Mm -hmm. swift was the one that had week two off so i think any raises that gainwell would have had would have happened already um only if like the eagles end up cutting one of these running backs but i wouldn't be surprised if gainwell's adp doesn't rise too much more than what it currently is
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, so we're good there to to try to kind of get whoever we like, at least a wide receiver and, and tight end, like you said. And yeah, maybe we could wait a little bit on Gainwell because yeah, this like 13th round is where there's a decent amount of running backs that um, I'm trying to get And And sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not kind of thing. Like, again, depends on the league, like these running back hungry leagues, I find it's hard to get guys like Tank Bigsby, uh, Jalen Warren, um, even Tyler Algier. A lot of the times there's there's times where these guys are reached for just to make sure that they get them. But Looking at the ADP, a lot of the times this is where you can try to find these guys who could potentially um, carve out decent sized roles at some point this season or at the very least be high end handcuffs um, that could fill in as the starters if the, at the the expected starters miss any time. So this has been like round 13 and, and 14 really has been where I go probably running back heavy and try to get um, multiple of these guys before kind of avoiding the position for the most part later on.
1: Yeah, exact same pages. you have. Tank Bigsby as my top option here, kind of Gainwell as the second option. I typically ended these articles around round 13, just because once you get this late in the draft, ADP does, starts to not matter as much. It just kind of pick who you want to fill out your roster, get the kicker in defense. If you have to get a kicker in defense, uh, wait as long as you can to get a backup quarterback. If you feel you need a backup quarterback and you've drafted a good one, but Bigsby, Gainwell, I'm fine with someone like Ezekiel Elliott this late as well, just not knowing exactly what his role will be in New England. But if he is scoring a lot of touchdowns again, he was still able to have fantasy success last year in Dallas with Tony Pollard getting as many snaps and touches and doing as well as he was doing. So even as a second running back in New England, there's at least a chance that he could do something this year so even though he's a backup we just don't know exactly what his role will end up being so another kind of guy that i'm okay taking a chance on this late.
0: yeah yeah i like that and yeah this is yeah this the rest of this draft it's like it, it's just pick your favorite sleepers right and and for me like the the most common um picks that i've ended my like an 18 round draft with um have been luke musgrave and and sam howell at at tight end and then at quarterback or or one of the other um i haven't done any drafts since last night so i don't know if sam howell's gonna move up or not or uh, that's not true i did i was playing around with the mock draft simulator today but uh so that maybe counts as a draft. I haven't done any money drafts uh, since last night, so I don't know if Sam Howell's going to move up because he he looked good last night. But he's been somebody that I just grab in the final two rounds of drafts every single time. Same thing with Luke Musgrave. Uh, we've talked about him a couple times now, who I love. Um, Zamir White is another one for the Raiders. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs um, this season, and I think Zamir White would be. Pretty much locked into the the starting role there. It doesn't seem like they would necessarily bring somebody in to replace uh Josh Jacobs at this point. And yeah, it's guys, you know, the whoever you like. A lot of the rookies, Rashi Rice, Jaden Reed, maybe. Um, there's like the, the Jerome Fords and Ty Chandlers of the world, Tank Dell um is an exciting player that might be worth taking a shot on late here as well. So that that's kind of the way, like just as far as like what to do in these final rounds. It, just basically targeting your favorite sleepers. I found around 14 to 18 around there, but even if it means not drafting a, t- a defense or a kicker to try to get one of these extra guys and then sorting it out before week one.
1: Yeah. Like I keep saying that as well of like, you can not draft a kicker and defense now and just wait before week one. We're getting closer and closer to week one and yeah. like, and a week or two from now, it doesn't make sense to say that anymore. Cause it's just waiting
0: a day or two. <laughs> I know I can't for wait close to the season. We're so close. Yeah, this is, uh, it's exciting. This is a uh, prime draft season. Um, but that is going to do it for the, the fantasy draft strategy portion of our episode today. Um, so yeah, if you're drafting in the later rounds of drafts, you could also find Nathan's article, um, for every pick, um, of, of each round, uh, to figure out where the best strategy is and what's the best path to follow there. You could find those on pff.com. So hopefully you enjoy that. Um, Nate, The Ravens undefeated preseason streak may have come to an end last night, but there is at least another streak that is arguably even more impressive. That's still intact. um, As I pick up a fifth straight win in our head to head drafts Uh, yesterday was best movie sequels. And and even though I thought it might be closer, it wasn't. Um, So Nate, the rumors are out there that uh, your GM for these drafts is on the hot seat. Now, what can you do to get back on track?
1: Well, um, there are rumors that my GM has been tanking in order to get the first round pick in this draft that we have today of best Star Wars character. We've had this plan for a while now with Ahsoka coming out later tonight. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to do best Star Wars characters. So um, only one of us gets the first pick and only one of us gets to pick Darth Vader first overall. So in order for me to get Darth Vader, I had to lose yesterday. So sacrifices need to be needed to be made. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're playing the long game here and uh that makes <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But yeah. Um Darth Vader the clear 101 I think. I mean, it would be a mistake for to choose yeah. basically anybody else, right? And and you know, from this point on it, it, you can make cases for anybody at 102, but yeah, it Darth Vader at 101 just uh yeah. makes too much sense here. Um but I am going to go for my second pick I'm going to go Luke Skywalker. Um, So Darth Vader's son, uh, the hero of the story. Um, I like Luke Skywalker. Um, My firstborn son's name is Luke, um, after Luke Skywalker. I wanted to make his middle name Skywalker. My wife wouldn't allow it. So uh, (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll honor him again here with my first overall pick.
1: Fair enough. I can't fault you for that, but I will get who I think is probably more of the hero of those episodes of Star Wars: Han Solo, or at least the more fun character in those stories with Harrison Ford portraying that character. So, Han Solo was second on my list, so I'm happy to get him with my second pick.
0: Yeah, that that I I it was it's it was Han Solo or Luke Skywalker to me. I knew I wasn't going to get both of them, so I, I had to make the choice here and end it. At, I. I'm hoping that Luke Skywalker is a name that people will gravitate to um, and and vote for, but we'll see. I I, I definitely think Han Solo is worthy of the second pick, um, third or second for me. Sorry, um, I'm going to go with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. So that'll be uh, the second pick. We'll pair him up with Luke Skywalker. We got you know his one of his teachers and 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 Luke Skywalker to take on uh, Darth Vader and company here. So. Obi-Wan, um, you know, pretty big story that we got from him. We got him across all the prequels and, and, you know, the animated series and and things like that. And obviously the main trilogy as well. So hopefully um, there's enough lore there for people to be like, yeah, Obi-Wan is the more interesting character. Uh,
1: <laughs> and you don't even mention his own show with right? that list of all the yeah, things that he's yeah. done. <laughs> um. Well, I i'm think i going to stay away from humans with this pick and go with yoda for my third pick i think having a well-rounded group of characters is going to do me well in this draft having um people who aren't necessarily all allies are interacted a ton here and there but i think having yoda on this group like it was really hard to pick who should be second overall between i think all the people that we've just picked and one or two other people I think you could make a case for any of them to be the second overall pick but I think Yoda's definitely in that tier of Star Wars characters that could have gotten picked second overall
0: yeah no for sure um yeah Yoda's a great pick um I think we're we're sticking within that that original trilogy um for our first six choices here off the board because I'm going to put uh Princess Leia um, also another main character, right? And I, I can't let you have, um, yeah, all the the main characters from uh, the original ones. So yeah, Leia's going to come in and uh, hopefully um, bring some diversity to my team like you brought in with yours yeah. and, and uh, the Yoda alien creature.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, now we do have the top six off my board. Those were the five other people outside of Vader that I was considering as the second overall potential people on my list so now i have to start digging further down the list at this point but i think i will further diversify and get a droid and get uh the most well-known droid and most popular droid from most of the series r2d2 so nice
0: yeah i'm, I'm glad you chose r2d2 and not c3po r2d2 is the yeah. superior droid for sure
1: yeah no <laughs> c3po is not on my screen whatsoever yeah. of potential yeah. options
0: <laughs> no he's not on my um all right good pick r2d2 good call um all right so oh man this is this is tough this is tough i am gonna go you know what i recency bias has worked well for me lately um so i'm gonna go Didn't with Din well yesterday yeah <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, Din Djarin, uh the mandalorian um i think as far as all the new Star Wars stuff that they've created and we haven't seen Ahsoka yet. So it could still be up there, but um, the Mandalorian has been one of the best things that they've done as far as new star Wars uh, content goes. So I'll put the uh, Dinjar and the Mandalorian as my, uh, my fourth pick.
1: Yeah. Um, I think since you had a sentimental pick with one of your picks, I think I'm going to have to go with Grogu for my last pick. Um, john and i play a game called goose goose duck and in that game i have been baby yoda ever since i started playing both that and among us with the idea of if i had that as my name no one's going to want to kill me because who wants to kill baby yoda so (laughs) that is the origin of my baby yoda name there so i think since i have been baby yoda in that game for like three years now i have to at least pick rogu in this draft
0: (laughs) fair enough yeah (laughs) Grogu's uh Yeah, he's a fun character. He's lovable and that might win you a lot of votes for sure. So um, yeah, good call. Last one for me is tough. Oh my God. I think it's between, it's between Darth Maul and Ahsoka Tano. Damn. Damn. I I think ahsoka is one of the best Star Wars characters I, I have to put ahsoka in here just what like if anybody's watched Clone Wars and and Star Wars Rebels like the animated series like she she's one of the more interesting um main characters that they've they've created that's that's been an original away from the movies and she was uh Anakin Skywalkers Padawan and and um just Honestly, a fantastic character. I'm really looking forward to Ahsoka tonight. So hopefully a lot of people are as well. And they're like, yeah, let's let's give John some votes for picking Ahsoka in here. Um uh, so. Yeah.
1: This one was hard to limit it to five people because there's like eight from the original oh, trilogy God, that you're like. You have to pick one of or a lot of those people because they are the most popular and are deserving because they started Star Wars and what well, made it what it was. But then there's so many characters from these side projects or projects that have come afterwards that it's like there's some good ones there. There's plenty of not good ones as well, but there are a number of good ones that we are passing on here too. And like even someone like Chewbacca isn't getting picked in our draft. So
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: there's just too yeah, many we- options
0: yeah really i mean lando calresian is is a good one as mm-hmm. well I like him too right so there's yeah people are going to be upset as usual that we left yeah. something out um somebody was upset like we, we completely ignored the two <laughs> we
1: completely ignored episode seven through nine through all yeah. of this for the most part so
0: yeah yeah we really did um but uh probably for good reason we'll see <laughs> But yeah, so you got Darth Vader, Han Solo, Yoda, R2-D2, Grogu. And then I went Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan, Princess Leia, The Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and uh, Ahsoka Tano. So we'll see. Will this end the streak or will we get to six? I don't know. Um, But that is going to do it for another episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Thank you all again so much for listening. Nate, a big thank you to you as well. Um, Before you go, let the good people know what what they can find on PFF.com this week from you.
1: Ah, uh, sure. So today I had my Monday night football recap. I had sleepers breakouts and league winners for running backs, which I know some of those I've written about recently, but sleepers, especially it's been a while since I wrote up, and plenty of those have changed at this point. Um, I did my underrated players by or yeah, underrated players by round, which I've done the last couple of years, um a perfect wide receiver draft strategy. Uh, Tomorrow, I've got an update to my PPR rankings, updated depth charts for all 32 teams, overvalued players by round, uh, sleepers, breakouts, and league winners at wide receivers. I have those for quarterbacks and tight ends going up later this week. Um, Also have perfect draft strategy for 16 team leagues going up later this week, since I've had a few people asking for that. And then uh, Thursday, we're already back to the preseason again. So more preseason recaps Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
0: Beautiful, love it. Um, yes, we will be back tomorrow as well. We're drafting again, um, so be sure to check that out. Be sure to subscribe uh, to the PFF Fantasy YouTube channel as well, because we're we're going to be utilizing that tomorrow as we use our PFF Fantasy Mock Draft Simulator, uh, which should be pretty fun as we kind of walk through some of the drafts and um, highlight some of the the features that that thing um, has in it that that can really help your your draft strategy throughout. So, looking forward to that. Should be fun. Um, and yeah, we'll be back and until then peace out.